This is the American Variety Network on Block Talk Radio with Ali McCardinell. Live from Springfield, Massachusetts. The 
American Variety Network, who is sponsoring the Chef Cornelia Cooking Show, has to make a quick intro. And the Chef Cornelia Cooking Show will start after this awesome intro. You are tuned in live to the American Variety Network here, live on Blog Talk Radio. With a name like American Variety, you can expect a wide variety of topics. Now, let's get live here on the AV Network. The Chef Cardinale Cooking Show is back on American Variety Network. American Variety Network is proud to present to you Chef Alex Cardinale and his very own successful cooking podcast called Chef Cardinale Cooking Show. Chef Alex will dive straight into your kitchen and teach you how to cook awesome meals. Are you ready for a cooking show hosted by a young, passionate, energetic, and food fun-loving chef who is going to come to each and every show with a smile? you found the right cooking show. Want to chat food or share your recipe or ask cooking questions? Great. Just dial 1-347-989-8142. Now, let the cooking begin. Chef Cardinale, take it away. All right, so let's go ahead and get our first Chef Cardinale cooking show of 2016 started. Now, I'm going to start this show off in a little bit of a fun way, and we're going to start off by me talking about when I began cooking for my family. Now, when I was a little kid, five or six years old, I started working in the kitchen, helping my mom, my grandmom, and my great-grandmother prepare dinner. And I really learned a lot about food back then. And I gained a lot of confidence in the kitchen and a lot of knowledge watching the older folks cook in the kitchen. Now, I began cooking for my family shortly thereafter at the age of 12 years old. Now, I had been making cookies and helping cut vegetables and doing all the prep since I was six years old. And by 
12, I knew the basic cooking skills. I knew how to boil pasta water. I knew how to make pasta and things of that nature. So at 12, I made my very first meal, which was chicken parmesan. And I was quite shocked at how good it came out. And my mother, my family, and everyone that had dinner that night was very impressed at what I was able to make at the young age of 12 years old. Can you imagine a 12-year-old making chicken parmesan? I often credit it to me being Italian because Italians are truly amazing cooks. And my great-grandmother was Italian, my grandma's Italian, and my parents are Italian. So when you have Italian family, they teach their kids and their grandkids how to cook so that in the future we can cook for ourselves and our families. And I was lucky that I had such a great family that taught me how to cook. So I began cooking at the age of 12, and then I wanted to get more knowledge in cooking. So I ended up taking a cooking class in the eighth grade year of middle school. And then for high school, I went to a vocational school and studied culinary arts. And there I learned how to cook like a professional chef. I learned about serve safe and even how to work in a dining room of a restaurant. And I learned some awesome restaurant dishes to make at home. And now, since the four years of culinary school, I know how to make dishes like chicken franchise, chicken melanese, chicken marsala. I even sometimes make eggs benedict and even salmon occasionally. So I am very fortunate that at the young age of 22, I can create restaurant-quality dishes at home. And I know for a fact my family really appreciates that and really loves that. Now, I also cook for my friends as well and some other people, and they really enjoy my food as well. And really, I think if you are a good cook, and you love cooking, you should cook for everybody that you know. That way they will appreciate you and have a newfounded respect for you. Since I began cooking, I've been getting a lot of respect from people that I knew, and they, they liked me better because they tasted my food. And I know the same can be true for you, my listeners. Now, I know what you're saying. Cooking is a huge chore because you got to prep all the food, cook all the food, and do the dishes. Well, that's not true anymore. When you are cooking for your family, you should have your family help. That's what I do in my family. If I'm cooking dinner, I'm going to have somebody else do the dishes. If I'm going to be sitting over there on a hot stove, laboring away, and putting all of my uh, body into your food, putting all my love into your food, then you could do the dishes for me. And they, my family has no problems doing the dishes for me. And I think if you cook a meal every day for your family, they will be really happy to do your dishes. Now, 
I love to cook for my friends and family because I find cooking to be really fun. I find it to be a good stress reliever. And I say that I find it to be a good stress reliever because to me, cooking is calm, relaxing, and enjoyable. I really get a kick out of making homemade pasta sauce or making some fresh bread or doing a lot of cooking. I think it really is fun. And I know that whoever eats my food is going to enjoy the food and they're going to be really appreciative of the time I took to prepare my meal. Now, when you are cooking for friends or family, you are providing quality food. Now, quality food is hard to come by when you go to places like McDonald's or Burger King or sometimes even places like Olive Garden and Applebee's because sometimes the food is not always fresh. But at home, you're providing fresh food to awesome people, and that's what I really enjoy about cooking for friends and family. So I I thought that would be a fun way to start our show today. Now, now is the important part that I want you guys to hear this. This is really important. Why is eating dinner together with a family important? Why should we eat dinner together more often? Most American families are starved for time to spend together, and dinner may be the only time of the day when we can reconnect, leaving behind our individual pursuits like playing video games, emailing, and doing homework. Dinner is a time to relax, recharge, laugh, tell stories, and catch up on the day's ups and downs while developing a sense of who we are as a family. Now, do family dinners have any scientific benefits? Over the past 15 years, researchers have confirmed what parents have known for a long time. Sharing a family meal is good for the spirit, the brain, and the health of all family members. Recent studies link regular family dinners with many behaviors that parents pray for, lower rates of substance abuse, teen pregnancy, and depression, as well as higher grade point averages and self-esteem. Studies also indicate that dinner conversation is a more potent vocabulary booster than reading, and the stories told around the kitchen table help our children. Now, the icing on the cake is that regular family meals also lower the rates of obesity and eating disorders in children and adolescents. What else can families do that takes only about an hour a day and packs such a punch? How many nights a week should we try to eat dinner together? Researchers find that families who eat dinner together five nights a week reap great benefits, but there is no magic number, nor is dinner preferable to other meals. If your family finds breakfast or weekend lunches easier meals for gathering, 
then these could also count as a family dinner. Now, I know a lot of Americans are going to say this. We're just so busy. How can we find the time to cook and eat together? Time is certainly one of the biggest obstacles to families gathering for dinner. One good strategy is to cook a big batch of soup or a double batch of a casserole over the weekend and then freeze some to make weekday dinners easier. Some meals can be thrown together quickly with the help from store-bought ingredients like pre-cut vegetables or pre-made pizza dough. There are also many recipes online that take less than 15 minutes to prepare. Now, if you think of family dinner as a time to nourish your family, prevent all kinds of problems, increase your children's cognitive abilities, and provide pleasure and fun that they can build on for the rest of their lives, a nightly meal is an efficient use of time. Now, here is a good question that I have been thinking to myself a long time, and I know that a lot of Americans have also been thinking about this question. Now, is it wrong to eat dinner in front of the television? Well, making a steady diet of eating family dinners in front of the TV would certainly interfere with the pleasures and benefits of conversation. Now, researchers have found that meals eaten in the front of the TV do not carry the same mental health benefits as those unplugged. Certainly, it would be fine occasionally to watch a special program while eating a family meal, such as the Super Bowl. In addition, talking about a program as a family could provide benefits as well. Now, as a child growing up in my family, we were prevented from eating dinner, watching TV. When I was a kid, we had to sit at the dining table and eat dinner with the family. And I know a lot of our families are like that nowadays. However, as a grown adult, we can eat and watch TV nowadays. So it really depends on the household. But um, I currently sit in my living room, eat dinner, and watch TV. Usually I watch sports or a movie. Um, occasionally, my brothers and my dad and I will have dinner and will watch a wrestling pay-per-view now that I have the WWE Network, and sometimes I'll watch the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl with our dinner. But for holidays, I go back to my childhood, and I sit down in the kitchen table or the dining room table and have dinner with my family. And I think on the holidays, that's the best time to have a, a family dinner together. All right. Now, here's a really important question, and I know a lot of you are probably going to ask this anyway. As long as we sit together and eat, does it really matter what we're eating? Now, I think it's hard to argue with the idea that feeding your family nutritious food is a good idea. 
This not only makes your children healthier as they grow right now, but it encourages healthy eating once they are living on their own. Some families enjoy experimenting with different menus. Others like keeping a routine so that Monday night is for pasta, Tuesday for tortillas, and so on. Some children like to share in the menu planning and the cooking, so the food becomes a central part of the family's identity. For other families, the food is really secondary to other aspects of the meal, like the conversation. How much help should I reasonably expect from my family in preparing dinner and cleaning up? Do I have to do this all myself? Most children like to help and should be encouraged to do so. The trick is figuring out which tasks are developmentally right for your child. Even young children can be asked to sprinkle a seasoning, stir a stew, or rinse vegetables. Or rinse vegetables, I mean. Elementary age kids can set and clear the table, pour the drinks, and be involved in some food preparation. Now, many adolescents view cooking as an avenue of self-expression and may relish the idea of making a meal or a portion of a meal, sharing in all the tasks of dinner, grocery shopping, menu planning, cooking, serving, and cleaning up, only makes this more of a family event. If someone is feeling overburdened, the roles and tasks should be re-examined and distributed more equally. Everyone's dinner will be enhanced by more members contributing and by no single member feeling resentful. What types of meals should I make to get my kids more involved in dinner? Prepare a meal that gives kids something to do. Simple dishes that kids can customize also encourage participation. Parents might make crepes, tacos, or even a pot of chicken rice soup, which kids can add their favorite toppings to, like chopped carrots or peppers, roasted garlic, or sliced cheese. It's also fun to choose foods that are brightly colored, like the colors in their crayon boxes. This is eye-catching and makes dinner preparation even more interesting. Now, as a young kid, I remember uh, my family and I having a conversation during dinner. And when you go out to eat, you hear people having conversation as they talk at the restaurant. So conversation has been really uh, popular with dinners. Matter of fact, most people like to talk about their day or talk about things they got coming up and things that they're excited for, how their job went, things of that nature. So when people think of dinner, they don't just think about the food, they think about socializing, which is really cool about dinner. And that's why I look forward to going out to eat with my friends and going out to eat my family and eating in general. I look forward to the conversation just as much as I look forward to the food itself. So I like to give you some tips for conversation during dinner. Now, 
what are some conversation suggestions for younger children? Now, even if they're unable to have longer conversations, younger kids like to be included in dinnertime chit-chat. Sometimes a simple, what did you do today, will result in funny answers about what the child saw on a walk or did during playtime. Asking kids to describe their favorite games, cartoons, or toys will also spark their interest and generate engaged responses. You might also ask, what can your favorite toy or cartoon character do that you'd like to do? Additionally, images and photos are great conversation starters. If you have a photo that you don't mind getting messy, try bringing it to the dinner table and asking your child to describe what he or she sees. If it's a family photo, the child may ask who's in the picture and what they're doing. This could lead to a fun discussion about different family members and their lives. Now, children love telling and hearing about stories of their parents, grandparents, and their ancestry. You can also try kicking off a story with one of the following questions. Do you know the story about how your parents met? Do you know how your name was chosen or how your parents' names were chosen? Do you know some of the lessons that your parents learned from good or bad experiences they had during your childhood? Do you know some of the jobs that your parents had when they were young? What is the earliest story you know about an ancestor? This great information was taken from the FamilyDinnerProject.org which happens to be in my home state of Massachusetts. It is in Worcester, Mass. So the stuff I talked about was from the FamilyDinnerProject.org. All right. So I think it really is a good idea for family talk during dinner as it can relieve stress and make you feel better. All right. Now here's my tips for family dinner for busy people. Here's my tips for a family dinner. Make the commitment. The most important thing in our busy world is to make the, the, the intentional choice to have dinner together. So once you make the intentional choice to have dinner with your family, here are some additional tips. Turn off technology, cell phones, work, email, TV. Turn it all off so you can focus on your family and focus on dinner. Schedule dinner. Like you schedule the other appointments in your life, put dinner in your calendar. Instead of Skyping to dinner, go home to dinner and Skype back to work. Be flexible and easy on yourself. If you have a soccer game, bring a picnic. If schedules don't match, stretch dinner out. Veggies and dip while cooking, dinner with a parent, and dessert with another parent after work. Keep other meals in mind. If dinner is impossible, have family breakfast or late night snack. Make it simple. The last thing you want is more stress. Pre-make meals. Cook a big batch of soup or a double batch of a casserole over the weekend and freeze it to make weekday dinners easier. 
Choose meals that are fast to assemble. Meals can be thrown together quickly with help from store-bought ingredients like pre-cut veggies or pre-made pizza dough. Have everyone pitch in. Getting everyone involved makes dinner easier, faster, not to mention more of a fun event. Encourage kid participation with simple dishes such as crepes, tacos, or even a pot of chicken rice soup, which kids can add their favorite toppings to. Make it fun. The more fun special parents make meals, the more likely that kids will clamor to keep having them. Create meals based on favorite books like Green Eggs and Ham or Quidditch Stew from Harry Potter. Have indoor picnics. Let your teens pick the music. Let kids choose the ingredients for Family Iron Chef. Engage kids in great conversation, which is always fun. Play games at the table, like Tell Two Truths and a Tall Tale. And have everyone else at the table guess which is which. Play with your food. Have kids arrange salad into a face on a plate, or make shapes out of a pizza dough. Alright, so that was some good tips for family dinner. Now, let's chat food. So, I have some good food ideas for families. The first good family meal food idea is pasta. I mean, pasta comes in a variety of shapes. You've got elbows, bow ties. You've got different kinds of spaghetti. You've got ziti, rigatoni, penne. There's a wide variety of pastas. And with the wide variety of pastas, you've got a variety of sauces. Tomato sauce, vodka sauce, alfredo sauce, pesto sauce, marsala sauce. And then you've got meats that can go with pasta, like meatballs, sausage, chicken parmesan, and a lot of other great things. Now, pasta is a great opportunity to create a meal on a budget. So if you are a family struggling to meet ends meet, pasta is a feeling, filling dinner meal that you can make. Now, pasta does get uh, sickening after a while. So I would limit pasta to maybe one or two times a week, but definitely keep it on hand because it is a very filling meal. Another good food idea for families is meats. Meats like um, steaks, pork, meats like um, rack of lamb, sausage, and of course your poultry like chicken, turkey, and all the other great meats are great. Seafood is great. Uh, fresh fish, fresh shellfish like shrimp and lobster and um, all of that great stuff is good for families. Rice and other starches is great. Rice is good. Um, Kiona is good. Um, couscous is good. And believe it or not, potatoes are a starch. Vegetables are good family food. And bread, believe it or not, a lot of kids and a lot of adults love bread. Bread is a well-liked staple. It's been a staple since 1920, and a lot of people continue to eat bread and enjoy bread. 
some popular family-friendly meals. The first one I think of has been popular for a really long time, and that's spaghetti and meatballs. Who does not love spaghetti and meatballs? Chicken parm is good. I often say that chicken parm is a kid's favorite Italian meal. When I was a kid, I loved chicken parm, and I still love chicken parm. Quesadillas, not only are they good, but they are fun to make with kids, and I guarantee you kids will love quesadillas. Chicken fingers. When I was a kid, I loved chicken fingers because of all the dipping sauces that come with chicken fingers. And you can make your own dipping sauce. Like you can make a blue cheese dipping sauce, a buffalo dipping sauce, barbecue dipping sauce. Think about how fun that is for kids. Steak is a great family-friendly meal. Fish and chips is a great family-friendly meal. Sausage, peppers, and onions are great. Chicken wings are great. I have yet to meet anyone who does not like chicken wings. Barbecue chicken and fried chicken are great. Pork ribs and pork chops are loved by everyone. Now, let's talk about good meals to cook on the weekends. Pasta, especially on Sundays. I guarantee you, since today is Sunday, a lot of you, my listeners, were having pasta meal. Pasta is awesome. I had pasta tonight for supper. I had raviolis. And a lot of Italians and a lot of Italian-Americans usually have a pasta meal on Sunday. Um, We usually have spaghetti and meatballs and sausage or chicken parm or some sort of a pasta meal. Now, you could also have casseroles on the weekend. Tuna casserole, a meatloaf with a casserole. Um, There's a wide variety of casseroles that you can make on the weekend. Roasts are very good on the weekend. Pork roast, veal roast, beef roast, and corned beef. Those are all considered roasts, and a majority of people usually cook them on the weekend because that is the time that they usually have to make them because they're working on the weekdays and they don't have the time to make a roast. Now, the last thing I will talk about before we get to our awesome recipes is dessert. Do I feel that every family dinner should include a dessert? Well, I I am a person that loves dessert. If it was up to me, I would have dessert every meal. Um, But we usually don't have dessert every meal. We only have dessert on the weekends. And I think that's a good idea. Because if you have dessert every single meal, you're intaking a lot of sugar and a lot of calories. And you're going to end up getting diabetes. So I think you should have dessert on the weekends after a nice family meal. Invite your friends over and your family over to Sunday dinner and have a good dinner with your friends and family, and then you can have all the dessert that you want. All right, so this has been an awesome start to the first half of our show. I think right now we're going to go ahead and take our intermission. Now, during this intermission, We are going to hear a couple of songs, two songs, followed by our short little commercials. 
And when we come back, I've got some awesome recipes. So stay tuned for some other great recipes coming up next here on the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show. Coming up next, next, next. Chef Alex's delicious recipes that he cooks for his family, including lasagna, baked ziti, mac and cheese, chicken parmesan, brownies, cookies, and more. Right after this wonderful commercial break with music. Don't go anywhere, folks. Recipe time is next. Honey, why are you calling me so late? It's kind of hard to talk right now. Honey, why are you crying? Is everything okay? I gotta whisper because I can't be too loud. Oh, well.
tonight's episode of the American Variety Network. Great! The American Variety Network really appreciates your listening. We also appreciate listener feedback. Please feel free to email us your thoughts and opinions on tonight's show. Our email address is 
American Variety Network at Comcast.net. That's American Variety Network at Comcast.net. You may also email us with any questions, comments, or concerns you may have about our show. You can also email us to book a guest appearance on the American Variety Network, or you may contact us to become a sponsor of the American Variety Network. American Variety Network at Comcast.net. Would you like to find out when the next episode of the American Variety Network is? Do you want to find out the news and updates for the American Variety Network? Well, all you have to do is go on your computer and log on to the social media sites. The American Variety Network is now on Facebook and Twitter. That's right, you can find the American Variety Network on Facebook and Twitter. Like our fan page on Facebook called American Variety Network and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter fan page is at American Network One. Again, our fan page on Facebook is American Variety Network. Hit like and our fan page on Twitter is at American Network One and hit follow. Awesome meals 
Are you ready for a cookie show hosted by a young, passionate, energetic, and food-fun-loving chef who is going to come to each and every show with a smile? you found the right cooking show. Want to chat food or share your recipe or ask cooking questions? Great. Just dial 1-347-989-8142. Now, let the cooking begin. Chef Cardinale, take it away. Welcome back to the Chef Cardinelli Cooking Show here live on American Variety Network. I apologize for the dead air during our intermission. I had to use the bathroom, and I think that's the first time in a long time that I've had to use the bathroom on live air. But luckily, it was during our intermission. Anyways, before our wonderful intermission, we talked about why family dinners are important and some good foods that you can cook for your family. Right now, I'm getting ready to give you some of my delicious recipes. But before I do that, I'd like to remind all of my live listeners out there that you can call in at 1-347-989-8142 to give out your own family's personal recipes. All right, guys, it's your favorite time of the Chef Cornelli Cooking Show. It's recipe time with Chef Alex Cardinelli. Are you ready for Chef Alex's delicious and mouth-watering recipes that are sure to taste as good as they sound? Be sure to grab a pen and a piece of paper and write down these delicious recipes. Now, let's get on to recipe time. All right, so all of the recipes that I am going to be giving out tonight are ones that I make for my family. My family loves them. All the recipes that I give out are all simple to make and will be good for your family. So I would say my recipes are even safe for a 12-year-old to make. Now, all of these recipes will be posted on Chef Alex's Recipe Vault on Facebook. So please go to my Facebook group, Chef Alex's Recipe Vault, tomorrow to get these recipes. Or you can re-listen to this show and write the recipes down. So I'm going to start with a very simple family meal. This is a meal that you would cook if you are having a very busy day and you are low on time. Macaroni and butter. Any kind of pasta of your choosing. You could use fettuccine, ziti, elbows, or even some of the stuffed pasta like tornellini and ravioli. That's what I had for supper tonight. I had ravioli and butter. It is very good. Now, once you once you have your pasta, you will need to use real butter. Don't use that nasty, cheap margarine. You want to use real butter. And sometimes I even like to make my own butter by over-whipping whipped cream and adding a little bit of seasoning. And then you will need fresh parsley 
and Parmesan cheese. Now here, here is how simple it is to make macaroni and butter. All you've got to do is cook your pasta to your liking, drain it, add the real butter, the parsley, and Parmesan cheese, and cost to coat, and you're ready to serve your macaroni and butter. All right, on to my next recipe, Chef Alex's Baked Ziti. You will need three pounds of ziti, two pounds of ground beef, sausage, tomato sauce, mozzarella cheese, a carton of ricotta cheese, three eggs, salt and pepper, parmesan cheese, and your favorite seasonings. I would use two bags of mozzarella cheese for my big ziti. Now, you're going to take your ricotta cheese, and you're going to crack your eggs into the ricotta cheese, add your salt and pepper, your parmesan cheese, and a half bag of the mozzarella cheese, and stir. Combine, cook, and then I want you to cook your ziti. First. first and foremost, before you make the ricotta mixture, make sure your ziti is cooked. Then, combine the ricotta mixture with the ziti. Add the meat sauce, and then top with mozzarella cheese, and bake at 350 degrees Fahrenheit for 30 to 40 minutes. And that is a very good baked ziti. Chicken Parmesan. Now, for chicken parm, you're going to need boneless, skinless chicken breast. You will need a cup of breadcrumbs, some flour, some eggs whisked. You will need marinara sauce, mozzarella cheese, and Parmesan cheese and pasta. I serve my chicken parm with pasta. So what you're going to do is pound your chicken breast thinly, and then you're going to dredge them in the flour, egg, and breadcrumbs. You're going to sauce them in a skillet with oil and saute on each side for about four minutes then bake them in a 350 oven for about two or three minutes more to ensure they are fully cooked then top the marinara sauce and your mozzarella cheese and put that into the oven for about five minutes or until the cheese is melted and serve that with some pasta and then my next recipe is Chef Alex's Baked Macaroni and Cheese. You will need 3 pounds of elbow macaroni. You will need 11 cups of milk, 1 stick of butter, 4 to 5 cups of flour. You will need 3 or 4 bags of cheese, any cheese that you like. But I use cheddar cheese, Monterey Jack cheese, and mozzarella. You will need your favorite seasonings. So, to make this macaroni and cheese, first begin by cooking your pasta. Now, as the pasta cooks, I want you to make your roux. Take your stick of butter and melt it in a large saucepan. Then add your flour and whisk until a little paste forms. Then add your milk and whisk constantly and let it thicken for a while. After it thickens, add in your um, seasonings, then add in your cheese and take off the heat. Put your pasta in a large pan. Then I want you to uh, mix the sauce and pasta together, then add some more cheese, and bake at 350 for 45 minutes. And you should have an awesome macaroni and cheese. 
So, now, spaghetti and meatballs, an Italian-American classic. So, let's start off with the meatballs. My meatballs are homemade. So, the ingredients for the meatballs go. You will need one pound of ground beef and one pound of ground pork. You will need four eggs. You will probably need about two cups or more of breadcrumbs. You will need some Italian seasoning. I use about a tablespoon. You will need some salt and pepper, your favorite seasonings, and about a half cup of Parmesan cheese. And you'll probably need about a half teaspoon of fresh chopped garlic. You could use onions if you want, but I have some people in my family that despise onions, so I don't use them in mine, but you can use them in yours. So once you've got all the ingredients put into a large bowl, combine with your hands and roll into a ball shape with your hands, or you could use a cookie cutter or a cookie scoop. I mean, not a cookie cutter, a cookie scoop. And then you want to bake those meatballs in a 375-degree oven for 20 minutes or more until the meatballs are cooked. Or you could fry them as well. Then take your marinara sauce, heat it up, add your meatballs to the sauce, and begin cooking your spaghetti. Simple spaghetti and meatball recipe. All right, my next recipe is for lasagna. Now... Here is the ingredient for my delicious lasagna. You will need the no boil required lasagna noodles. You will need some uh, cartons of ricotta cheese, six eggs. You will need salt and pepper, Parmesan cheese, uh, mozzarella cheese, and you will also need... Um, ground beef, and ground sausage. So begin by making your ricotta cheese mixture by combining the ricotta cheese, the seasoning, Parmesan cheese, and a little bit of the mozzarella cheese. Combine. Then saute your meat until fully cooked and add your marinara sauce to that. Then you're going to layer um, some sauce on the bottom of a casserole pan. Then I want you to place lasagna noodles on top of that sauce and cover the bottom layer of that layer with ricotta cheese. Then layer some uh, more lasagna noodles over that with some sauce. And then more noodle ricotta, sauce, noodles, ricotta, and repeat until you have gotten to the top. Once you have gotten to the top, I want you to add your mozzarella cheese and put it in the oven for... 375 for about 40 minutes. Now, I know that this recipe probably makes no sense on the air, and I said I'd probably do a bad job giving it out. So this is the recipe that I'm going to have you guys go to Chef Alex's Recipe Vault on Facebook to check that recipe out. All right, those are all of my pasta recipes that you could use for your family. Now let's get into some meats. And the first one I've got for you is fried chicken. You will, you will use chicken breast, chicken thighs, or whatever kind of chicken you want, really. It's up to you. Then you will need flour, eggs, and breadcrumbs. I want you to dredge your chicken in the flour, in the egg, and in the breadcrumbs, and place in a hot oil that's been preheated, and saute the chicken until it is fully cooked. Barbecue chicken. All you've got to do 
is um, take your chicken and place barbecue sauce on it and place it in the oven for 45 minutes. 350 degrees oven. See how easy that recipe is? And the last dinner food I've got for you are steak and cheese quesadillas. You will need tortillas. You will need about uh, four cups of chopped steak meat and some cheddar cheese and of optional sour cream. Take your tortilla and place your steak and cheese into it and top with another tortilla and place on a warm griddle and saute until nice and golden brown. And your steak and cheese quesadillas are ready. All right, now on to our last few recipes of tonight's show. We're going to start with two breakfast recipes for those people who like to have breakfast for dinner. French toast, really simple. You will need six eggs. You will need about um, a half cup of half and half, some cinnamon, about a teaspoon, and about a teaspoon of sugar, and a teaspoon of vanilla. Whisk together. Then take your Texas toast and dip it into your nice egg mixture. And then I want you to make sure your pan, if you're using a pan, is really, really warm, or if you're like me and you're using a griddle, make sure your griddle is preheated. And begin cooking your French toast two minutes per side until nice and golden brown. Remove from the heat and serve. You can serve your French toast with nice cut strawberries and maple syrup. Now, pancakes. Pancakes, I have to admit, I don't make homemade pancakes at home. I use Aunt Janina's pancake recipe, or pancake mix, but you can use it at home too because I add special mix-ins like peanut butter chips, the Reese's peanut butter chips, or chocolate chips, or white chocolate chips. And i got to tell you, the white chocolate chips are outstanding in pancakes. It adds a little bit of sweetness, and it is really, really good. So I recommend trying that. I think you guys are going to like it. I think that um, it will taste pretty good for you. But if you are a fan of red velvet, you don't even have to use a Chimina pancake recipe. You can simply go out and get a Duncan Hines red velvet cake mix and uh, mix it together and taste the batter like you would pancake batter on a griddle and cook. And you got red velvet pancakes that you can serve with the cream cheese icing. Very, very good. And I'll have that recipe on the Primetime Baking Show or the Valentine's Cooking Show here on American Variety Network. All right. The last two recipes are desserts that you can have with your dinner. The first one is from my grandmother. Now, she used to make this awesome vanilla cake with peanut butter frosting that I'm going to share with you, my listeners. It's perfect after a nice Sunday dinner with your family. So here we go. Vanilla cake. Very easy to make. One cup of white sugar, a half cup of butter, two eggs, two teaspoons of vanilla extract, one and a half cups of all-purpose flour, one and three first teaspoons of baking powder, and a half cup of milk. Preheat your oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit 
and grease in flour, a 9 by 9 inch pan, or you can use round cake pans, or line a muffin pan with paper liners if you're going to make cupcakes. In a medium bowl, clean together the sugar and butter. Beat in the eggs one at a time, then stir in the vanilla. Combine flour and baking powder, add to the cream mixture, and mix well. Finally, stir in the milk until batter is smooth. Pour or spoon batter into the prepared pan. Now bake for 30 minutes or 30 to 40 minutes in the preheated oven. For cupcakes, bake 20 to 25 minutes. Cake is done when it springs back to the touch. Now for peanut butter frosting, you will need one cup of peanut butter, a stick of butter, three and a half cups of powdered sugar, and two tablespoons of milk. First, combine the peanut butter and butter and cream together. Then add your powdered sugar all at once and combine. Add in your milk if it is too thick. And then frost your cake. The last recipe is an American classic, chocolate chip cookies. And it was created in Massachusetts by Toll House. And on, on the next episode of Primetime Baking, we're going to talk exclusively on the history of chocolate chip cookies. That's going to be interesting. So, prime time, the first Primetime Baking of 2016, we'll learn about chocolate chip cookies. But anyways, here is the recipe for chocolate chip cookies. One cup of butter softened, one cup of white sugar, one cup of packed brown sugar, two eggs, two teaspoons of vanilla extract, three cups of all-purpose flour, a teaspoon of baking soda, two teaspoons of hot water, a half teaspoon of salt, and two cups of chocolate chips. Cream together the butter, white sugar, and brown sugar until smooth. Beat in the eggs one at a time, then stir in the vanilla. Dissolve the baking soda in hot water. Add to batter along with salt, stir in flour, chocolate chips, and nuts. Drop by large spoonfuls onto ungreased pans. Now bake for about 10 minutes in the preheated oven or until edges are nicely browned. And you could use white chocolate chips or any kind of chocolate chips in place of the milk chocolate chips. Alright guys, those are all of the recipes for tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed these recipes. Now, don't forget, I'm going to post all of these recipes on my Facebook group, Chef Alex's Recipe Vault, so you can get them there. So this was an awesome first Chef Cornelli cooking show of 2016. I want to thank you guys for being an awesome part of today's show. Now... My next cooking show, the next Chef Granelli cooking show, I'm going to talk about crock-pot cooking and have some delicious crock-pot recipes that I'm going to share with you. So, cooking and food lovers, please join me for the next episode of the Chef Granelli cooking show, crock-pot cooking and crock-pot recipes. 
I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Chef Cornelia Cooking Show here on American Variety Network. Chef Alex is now leaving the kitchen. And I want to say thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends about it. And please like our fan page on Facebook, Jeff Cardinelli Cooking Show and American Variety Network. Good night, everyone.